Hello, everyone, and welcome as I bring you the first ever episode of the Leverett Ball Show. This is Leverett Ball here, your host, and I'm really excited to be starting this new podcast. Some of you may know me from my work as a sports broadcaster on Nesson and ESPN+, or from the news coverage I've done for places such as the Boston Herald and Boston City TV. But now, you know, I'm going in a slightly different direction and going the independent route, producing my own content, including this podcast. And, you know, obviously, you know, in 2020 with the pandemic um, and a lot of things being shut down and a lot of people spending more time at home than they normally would, myself included, um, I figure this is the perfect time to do this. Um, And, you know, for me... um, you know, I'm someone who's always enjoyed doing one-on-one interviews. So while this first episode I'm doing solo, um, I do plan on having guests on a lot of my upcoming episodes. And, you know, I've had a chance to do some some high-profile interviews. You know, I've had a chance to interview, among other people, um, Boston Mayor Marty Walsh, um, uh, Bruins player Patrice Bergeron, and... Olympic gold medalist Megan Duggan, among others, during my TV days. And that's something that I've really, really enjoyed. And I look forward to, to continuing to do some of, some one-on-one interviews here on this show. Um, but as far as today's topics go, um, first off, you know, this podcast is going to cover a number of different things. Um, you know, I'm going to talk a lot about sports, but I'm also going to talk some news and, and talk entertainment and really just get into whatever the the biggest stories are at that point in time. Um, and, and this show will provide an unfiltered look at my opinions and an unfiltered look at my personality. But as far as today's topics go, for this episode, um, I'm going to keep it mostly sports today. And the first sports topic I wanted to talk about today was the Patriots 2020 season. Um, you know, the Pats, they haven't had the type of season that people around here are accustomed to. Um, they're five and six thus far. Um, and you know, after the great run that the Patriots had with, you know, not only Bill Belichick coaching, but Tom Brady at the quarterback position, um, New England fans have developed pretty high standards. So, you know, this season has been a little bit of a drop off, but you know, for, you know, Pats fans, you know, 30 and under, all you all you really know is winning. And if this is the worst season um, your team has ever had in your life, you know, at five and six, it could be much, much worse. Talk to Cleveland Browns fans. Talk to Detroit Lions fans. If this is the worst season you ever had, it could be much, much, much worse. Um, you know, obviously, Brady's gone, um, and the new man at quarterback has been Cam Newton. Now, Newton has taken a lot of criticism this season for his play. I think that is partly um, due to the guy he's replacing. Um, That's certainly a tough act to follow, uh, following in the footsteps of Tom Brady, who many believe to be the best uh, football player of all time, not just the best quarterback. Um, But, you know, for Newton, it's been kind of an up-and-down season for him. And I think when you're evaluating him, you have to look at the total overall production, not just his passing stats. You know, his passing stats are not great, 
But when you factor in, you know, the fact that he has nine rushing touchdowns this season is averaging over four yards a carry. I think when you average in both the passing stats and the rushing stats overall, I think you have a middle of the pack starting quarterback. Newton certainly has not been a star this season. He certainly has not played at the level at which he played um, in Carolina when he was winning a league MVP and taking his team to a Super Bowl. Um, but he still has played, still played respectable football. And if you look around the NFL at some of the bad quarterbacks out there, you could be doing a lot worse at the quarterback position than the Patriots have in Cam Newton. There's also been a little bit of talk. Some people have said that maybe the Patriots should bench Cam and, and give Jared Stidham a shot. I don't see this happening. You know, I think that has less to do with Cam himself and more to do with the fact that the Patriots just don't have any confidence in Stidham. They don't view Stidham as their guy of the future. Um, and, and, you know, I think if they did, Newton wouldn't even be here in the first place. Um, and so, you know, really, I, I think, you know, with Cam, you know, he's not the Patriots quarterback of the future. Um, they're probably going to draft another quarterback in the next draft, try to, try to find a new up-and-coming franchise guy. But I think for the remainder of the season, with the options that the Patriots have on their roster at quarterback between Newton, Stidham, and also Brian Hoyer, I think Cam is still clearly the best of those three. And he's the best option that they have at the position, and benching Cam is not going to do the team any favors. It's not going to make things any better. Um, but, you know, also this season, you know, people have taken some shots at Bill Belichick. And, you know, this is really the first time that people have felt comfortable doing so in quite a while. You know, Belichick's had such such a great run that in the past, you know, if you tried to criticism, criticize him, you know, you wouldn't be taken seriously. Um, but now, you know, with the Patriots at five and six, this is the first time that, like I said, people have had a chance to take shots at Belichick. And, you know, Belichick is not a well-liked guy. You know, obviously he's well-respected as a coach, but, you know, some people don't like him from, you know, his icy personality to just how he conducts himself and how he interacts with the with the media. You know, he's, he's not, like I said, a, a particularly well-liked guy. And so when you have someone like him who isn't particularly well-liked but has been so successful and never been in a position in which you can take shots at him, now that he's finally faltered a little bit, People are, you know, it's open season. People are taking shots at him. People have criticized, you know, his ability to draft players and, and develop them, um, you know, develop young players, that is. Um, and he's taken some lumps. And, you, you know, people have talked a lot about how he and Brady are no longer together, um, how Brady has left the, the team, obviously, and gone to Tampa Bay. And they've They've talked a lot about the Belichick-Brady divorce, and that kind of segues me into my next topic. Um, as we move away from the Patriots, um, you know, we move over to Tampa Bay, where obviously longtime Patriots legend Tom Brady is now playing um, after he left the team in the offseason to become the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, Brady hasn't had the greatest experience in Tampa Bay thus far. Um, when you talk about who won the, the Brady-Belichick divorce, I think they both lost. They're both less successful without each other. You know, obviously, I just talked about the Patriots and some of their, their ups and downs this season. But, you know, for Tom in Tampa Bay, it hasn't gone that well. He did get off to a good start 
um, early on in the season, but the team, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that is, they've hit a little bit of a wall, and they're in a bit of a slump. And in addition to that, there are plenty of rumors about possible tension between Brady and Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians. And, you know, I think more than anything, you know, they're having a little bit of a power struggle in Tampa Bay. You know, and and Brady, when he went to the Buccaneers, he chose them in part because he thought that that they would be a team that would give him a bit more power and allow him to do his thing a bit more. That was not the case in New England. You know, when Tom Brady was in New England, Bill Belichick had total and unquestioned authority. And, you know, the Patriots, the interesting thing about them is they don't even have a general manager. Bill Belichick, as the Patriots head coach, also handles general manager duties. So, you know, he's signing the players on his roster that he's coaching. Everyone on his team is hand-selected. And no one goes over Belichick's head. That includes even Patriots owner Robert Kraft. There have been times when Belichick has cut players that, that Kraft wanted him to keep on the roster. And... You know, and and Robert Kraft has never really tried to interfere with him doing that. And so, you know, with um, Belichick having such a, like I said, such a controlling approach in New England, Tom Brady wanted something different. And, you know, with the Buccaneers, they've really let Brady kind of assemble, you know, his, his own group of weapons. He was able to bring his longtime buddy, Rob Gronkowski, out of retirement and bring him to Tampa Bay to play with him. And he was also able to go over Bruce Arians' head to management and get the Buccaneers to sign Antonio Brown. And I think that's a big source of the tension between Brady and Arians. Um, you know, with Antonio Brown, he and Brady were briefly teammates last year in New England. Um, it was for a game that they played together. And then the Patriots cut Brown um, after multiple women accused him of sexual misconduct, and he sent one of them a harassing text message. And, you know, I think the Patriots did the right thing in that situation, but but Brady Brady was not happy. Brady wanted the Patriots to keep Brown, and so when he was assembling his group of weapons, Brown was the guy he wanted on the Bucks with him. And again, that's where I think the source of tension comes between Brady and Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians, because... Late in the offseason, Bruce Arians did an interview on the radio, and he said in that interview that he did not want Antonio Brown on his roster. And, and he and Brown have a bit of a history. Arians, at one point, was an assistant coach for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers while Antonio Brown was a Steeler. And, and, you know, Arians saw Brown in some of his worst moments. And he saw, you know, the way that. Brown could be disruptive in a locker room, and he saw the type of person that Antonio Brown was, and that wasn't something that he wanted on the Buccaneers, and he said as much publicly. So then, fast forward to halfway through the season when Antonio Brown's eight-game suspension ends, and the Buccaneers, of all people, signed Brown. And I really think that that Brady went over Arian's head to, to management and got them to sign Brown against Arians' wishes. Now, this has not been confirmed publicly. Both Brady and Arians deny this, but I believe it to be true. And, you know, this was something that Brady could not do in New England. He couldn't go over Belichick's head to management to get certain players because the Patriots didn't have a GM. Belichick made those decisions. 
And so I think, you know, for Arians, you know, he's tried to kind of flex his muscles on Tom Brady a little bit um, because, you know, he feels as though his authority has been disrespected by Brady. And that's why, you know, multiple times this season, Bruce Arians has publicly criticized Brady after Brady has played badly, which is something that's that's very uncommon in the NFL. Very rarely will you see head coaches publicly criticize their starting quarterbacks. You know, if a quarterback plays badly, they might yell at them in the locker room, but publicly they'll defend them and they're not going to say anything bad to them or bad about them to the media. But that has not been the case with Arians. He has, like I said, publicly criticized Brady multiple times. And I think that's his way of trying to take the power back a little bit. And like I said, flex his muscles on Brady because he feels as though Brady does not respect his authority through, you know, going over his head to get Antonio Brown and other offensive weapons. Um, And so, like I said, you know, Brady's not having the best time in Tampa. Belichick's not having the best time in New England. I think both of them lost that divorce. Um, But moving forward away from the NFL, um, you know, as far as sports go in the near future, um, you know, in terms of winter sports, it looks like both the NHL and NBA will have their seasons. Um, That being said, though, they'll probably play without fans. But what's unclear for this winter are college sports. Um, You know, likely some conferences will play, some won't. Um, The Ivy League has already announced that they will not be playing any winter sports. And it's interesting because at the end of last summer, the Ivy League was the first conference in all of college sports to announce that they were canceling their fall sports. And then multiple conferences followed suit and canceled theirs as well. So we'll see the Ivy League with winter sports is another trend center. And, you know, if if they if them canceling their season starts another domino effect and we see more conferences follow suit. But as far as college basketball and college hockey, it's very, very unclear what's going to happen. Um, so, like I said, I mean, we'll see the NHL and the NBA back in action. But as far as... Um, you know, college sports and minor league professional sports, it still remains to be seen. Um, and for me personally, you know, a lot of the college and pro teams I work with in the winter have either canceled their seasons or it's unclear whether or not they're going to have one. They haven't announced anything publicly yet. Um, so there is that possibility for me personally that I won't get to do any broadcasting work this winter. Um, but, you know, that being said, that gives me an opportunity to, you know, do more podcasts, work on more private content, and really make the most out of that opportunity. As far as the spring goes, um, you know, if we can get a vaccine, if things have um, slowed down pandemic-wise, then maybe, you know, we'll have better luck with spring sports. Um, You know, maybe Major League Baseball will be able to start spring training on time. Um, Some of the NCAA spring sports will be able to play. But we'll see. And for me personally, I'm penciled in to work as the sideline reporter for the Massachusetts Pirates of the Indoor Football League. I'm going to be sideline reporting for their games on Nesson. I certainly hope that at the very least, if I'm not able to do any broadcasts this winter, that my spring broadcast schedule is able to start on time. I also have a play-by-play announcing gig lined up for this coming summer with the New Britain Bees of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. So worst case scenario, I'm hoping that, you know, if my winter broadcasts don't work out because of the pandemic, I'm able to do my broadcast in the spring and summer with the Massachusetts Pirates and New Britain Bees. 
Um, but, you know, I think for a lot of people, this is a time of such uncertainty and people don't really know what to expect um, in the near future in the coming months. And we all just have to, you know, hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Um, but anyhow, um, I'm really glad I was able to do my first episode today. Lots more to come. Like I said, I plan on having some guests on my upcoming episodes, and I think this is going to be something that's a lot of fun. Um, if you want to hear more, please feel free to subscribe to this podcast, The Leverett Ball Show, and feel free to provide me um, any feedback you want as well. Um, so once again, I'm really excited to be doing this, this new project, putting together this, this new podcast. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I look forward to, uh, what's to come. Stay tuned.